Welcome to Marksman, a podcast for men who have been marked by Christ and who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I'm Mark Spellman, your host, and so glad that you hit the play button and you chose to take the next 15 minutes together with me and with other men who are aiming their lives at Christ-likeness. I look forward to this time with you each and every week, and I hope you do as well. I hope you'll share the podcast with your friends and your buddies and uh, get other men kind of sitting uh, in chairs together here as we just get together around the Word of God and get together with the Holy Ghost and just let God speak to us through His Word and let God speak to us by His Spirit. And so I just thank you, Father, for what you're going to do today through today's podcast. I thank you for every man's heart that is just open and fresh and yielded to you today as we get into this wonderful study concerning the blood of Jesus. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, um, if you've been listening, you know, week by week by week to the podcast, then you realize we've been on a series concerning applying the blood of Jesus. And it's such a powerful thing we can do, men, to lead in our own lives, but to lead in our homes and families and whatever vocation and calling we have, putting faith in the blood of Jesus, specifically applying faith to the seven places Jesus shed his blood. And that's been our study the last few weeks. Now, we did take a little break last week because it was December 8th, and I had a word about honor that I wanted to share with you. It was my dad's birthday, and it was the book release date of A Place for You. And of course, this whole podcast, Marksman, is founded upon my dad's favorite passage of Scripture, one that he and I spent much time together talking about studying and praying into. And so last week was a special week on honor. And so we took a little sidestep, so to speak, or just a a break from the series, I might say. But we're going to get back on that series today. And let's continue talking about faith in the blood of Jesus. And of course, we, we launched this study out of Exodus chapter 12. And if you go down in Exodus 12, you don't have a Bible, just listen on. If you do, Open it up to Exodus chapter 12, beginning in verse 22. This is God's instructions to Moses that he was to instruct the elders, that is the the heads of the family tribes, as well as the heads of the family homes. So he's speaking to men here, guys. He's speaking to men, and he said, you will take a bunch of hyssop. That was just a plant kind of a bushy plant. You're going to take the hyssop and you're going to dip it in the blood. Now, that was the blood of the lamb. And under instructions of the Passover, see, God had been judging Egypt. Ten judgments had now come, or the tenth one was coming. That's the death of the firstborn. And that judgment was coming, and Israel was to be spared from the judgment of Egypt. And so God gave him Moses and the leaders and the elders instructions so that they didn't have to participate in what the world was being condemned by and what the Egypt and Pharaoh was being judged for how they had treated Israel. And they were actually using Israel as slaves to build their kingdom, Pharaoh to build his house. Well, how many know God doesn't like the enemy Pharaoh or the enemy Satan to use his children, his family like slaves to build his 
house. And so you can obviously see the parallel here, why we should press into this, because the same thing is happening today. People are in bondage. People live like slaves, slaves to a world system, a worldly way of thinking, a worldly way of doing things. And we got to come out from under that system and learn how to do things God's way, do things in covenant with him, knowing we are his covenant people and that he is fighting for us. And so as Israel came out in victory that day after they fulfilled the Passover. They left Egypt. They left healthy. They left wealthy. And they left as a free people with Moses, their leader, leading the way, prophetic of Jesus, leading the way for you and I as he brings us out of the bondage of sin and he leads us through the waters of baptism like the Red Sea. That's why baptism is so important. And we come out on the other side and we begin our journey into all the fullness of the land of promise, a land that flows with milk and honey. And so I don't want to get off preaching on all that, but it's easy to do. (laughs) So back to the blood. The final judgment was the death of the firstborn, and Moses was instructed by God to have them take a Passover lamb, a lamb for each house, or if they were smaller families, they could group together, you know, according to their family size. But the key was that the men, verse 22, were to take a bunch of hyssop, dip it in the blood, the blood of the sacrificial innocent lamb that was shed for each family, dip it in the basin, and then strike the lentil and the two doorposts with the blood that's in the basin. None of you then are to go out of the door of his house until morning. Verse 23, for the Lord's going to pass through the land and strike the Egyptians. And when he sees the blood on the lintel and the two doorposts, the key is he's got to see the blood. How does he see the blood? The blood's applied. I said he has to see the blood. How does he see it? The blood is applied. They applied the blood. He sees the blood. He passes over. That's why they call it the Passover. The Lord will pass over that door and will not allow the destroyer to come into your houses to strike you. Again, Jesus made it clear. The enemy is the destroyer. That he comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. John 10.10 But I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But notice, the destroyer was coming through the land, and God knew that the destroyer was coming because he was allowing it. And so the destroyer was coming, but God made provision for his people to not be destroyed, to not be stolen from, to not be killed, to not be destroyed. But they had to apply the blood so that when they applied the blood, he could see the blood. And so that's what we've been talking about for the last several weeks is applying the blood of Jesus, specifically the seven places Jesus shed blood. And real quickly, I'll just mention those to you. He shed blood in the Garden of Gethsemane. We talked about that in the previous podcast. You can check it out. I think it was episode three on this series. But he shed blood in the Garden. He shed blood in the crown of thorns, which we'll talk about today. He shed blood through his wounds. He shed blood through his bruises. He shed blood through his hands. He shed blood through his feet. And he shed blood as his side was pierced and blood and water flowed. So seven places Jesus shed his blood. And it's those seven places we want to specifically apply that redemptive work of Christ to our life as men. And notice in this passage in Exodus, God was giving this responsibility 
to men. Men were supposed to take the lead. And again, I've, I've said it so many times, and I'll probably say it many, many more. Genesis eighteen nineteen. why did God choose Abram? Because God knew Abram, who became Abraham, that Abraham would lead his house in the way of the Lord, that he would take the lead spiritually. And I'm telling you, man, it's time more than ever that we take the lead spiritually, that we take the lead where integrity is concerned. We take the lead where character is concerned. We take the lead where all the fruit of the Spirit are concerned. We lead in love. We lead in joy. We lead in peace. We lead in patience. Amen. We lead in temperance. We lead in long-suffering. We lead in humility. We lead in gentleness. All the fruit of the Spirit all the manifestations of the character of Christ. We can't press into Christ-likeness without pressing into that expression of his beautiful character. And so when we apply the blood of Jesus and we see the blood being shed in these seven ways, we can see things being redeemed. And what I want to talk about next today with the time we have in our podcast is the crown of thorns. You know, he bled in the garden as he wrestled to submit to the will of God. He lived a submitted and surrendered and trusted life in his Father. And that is a great redemptive work. We talked about that previously, that you put your faith in the blood to help surrender your will. But now let's talk about that crown. See, that crown represented a kingly authority. That crown was pressed upon his brow in absolute mockery. They even in mockery put a purple robe around him to mock him as, quote, the king of the Jews. And this was a mockery because what was happening was he was redeeming our true identity as man. Amen. How many know we were created from the beginning to have dominion and authority in the image and likeness of God, Genesis 1, 26 to 28, created in the image and likeness of God to have dominion, to have dominion, to exercise and walk and live in a royal ruling authority. Now, it has to start with submission. That's why the the bloodshed in Gethsemane starts there. First, we're submitted and surrendered to God. We're submitted and surrendered, and we trust God's way, God's plan even when it doesn't make sense. So you can't move to the dominion and the exercise of authority until we are under authority. That's why Jesus commended the centurion and the Syrophoenician woman that they had great faith because they both demonstrated submission to him. And so if we're going to walk in this dominion and truly be crowned with the glory of God, it starts with submission. It starts with surrender. It starts with trusting God's goodness, trusting God's will, trusting God's way. Everything that Jesus submitted himself to, we submit ourselves to. And so with that being said, now with this crown of thorns being pressed in mockery, they even, they struck it on his head. They they pounded it into his head and then they slapped him and pulled out his beard and they, in mockery, you can just see. And yet the whole time he remained silent. The whole time you can read about it in Isaiah 53, like a lamb led to her to the shears was silent. So he opened not his mouth. He did not open his mouth. 
They even mocked him and said, you know, you're the prophet, prophesy. Boy, I don't think they'd have wanted him to prophesy (laughs) in that moment. Oh, my goodness. But he was prophesying. He was prophesying by taking our place because he was redeeming, releasing, and restoring a place that you and I had from the beginning with God. Not just as men, as males, but as mankind, as a family, as a royal, ruling family. And this crown pressed in mockery, this robe placed on him in mockery, was to redeem a true identity about man, a true value of who man is, and a true purpose that man and mankind and the family of man has. He was redeeming what was lost, because that's what was lost in the Garden of Eden. That's what began to be restored in the Garden of Gethsemane, and it's further being restored now as this crown is being pressed into his brow. So simply put, men, we were created for dominion, and our families were created for dominion, and our marriages were created for dominion, and Jesus took this mockery Jesus took that crown in mockery and that robe in mockery, and he remained silent so that you and I could speak up. So I want to pray with you today before we wrap up today's podcast. And just want to agree with you right now that, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, we thank you for everything that was accomplished through the shed blood of Jesus. I set myself in agreement with every man listening to me today. And Father, I thank you that you have anointed us as men. You've anointed us in our marriages. You've anointed us in our homes. You've anointed us in our families. You've anointed us in our place of work and vocation. And God, I thank you for the anointing that's flowing in our lives today. And I thank you for what you desire to do through the redemption of the shed blood of Jesus. And so I come into agreement today as Jesus wore that crown of thorns and mockery, as he wore that royal robe and mockery he did it silently so that you and i could speak up and we could say we are crowned with the glory of god we are crowned with the goodness of god we are crowned with the favor of god we are crowned with the glory of god